It's time to dig in and discuss the questions on the minds of today's leaders. You are listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. This is where we get vulnerable, raw, and authentic about the stuff that really matters. Now, here is your host, Kathleen Reeson. Welcome to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Today, we're talking about a topic near and dear to my heart and something that I get asked about a lot. And it's about building a self-awareness as a senior leader. So how do you build a self-awareness? Well, we're going to talk about that today, and I'll give you some tools that I use with myself and with teams and and my clients to build self-awareness. Now, we often think, especially as we get into a higher level of leadership, that we have a high level of self-awareness because shouldn't that just come naturally? But I'm here to tell you there is nothing natural about self-awareness. It's something you've got to practice and grow and develop. Now, I told you over the last, if you've listened to past episodes, you've probably heard I'm a very active volunteer. And I tell you this with a smile on my face because I have three boys. They are 9, 11, and 14, and they are constantly saying, hey, mom, would you volunteer for this? Would you sign up for this? Would you be my homeroom mom? And the permission slips come home. No joke, my my youngest, he turns 10 tomorrow. He's very excited. He comes home a couple weeks ago and he sets this permission slip in front of me and his hands cover everything but the signature line. He goes, mom, can you sign right there? I have no idea what I'm signing. It could have been like a pass out of detention. I had no idea. I said, Andrew, what are you showing me? And he goes, I just need you to sign this line right here. Now, if you're a parent or (laughs) you were a kid at one point, you understand how dangerous this could be. I thought, well, I'm not just going to randomly sign this. So I look at it and it's a volunteer form for his Battle of the Books team. I thought, oh man, I've got all these other volunteer commitments, plus my professional commitments, plus everything else just going on in in the world, plus a few minutes for myself. I really don't have time to make this additional commitment. And I could see that it was really important to him. So I signed it and I am a Battle of the Books coach. But one of my other commitments is a mock trial coach. Now I'm not a lawyer, you know this, if you've listened to any of my shows, I work with senior leaders, soon to be senior leaders, on developing their leadership. But one of the things that I work with on mock trial is the kids who speak. Obviously I have this show, I do a lot of speaking. I work with a lot of leaders on how they speak and how they can be heard with multiple groups. So I don't teach them the law piece of it, but what I do help them with is their opening and their closing. Now last year, I also played this role. Last year, we had two teams, which is not that big of a deal. There's eight to 10 kids on each team. We had two teams. So I was responsible for eight opens or four opens, four closes. Now you can follow the math and it doesn't really matter. All that matters is eight kids had presentations that I got to help them land. Well, this year we had so many kids sign up. They were so excited that we end up with 16 opens and closes, 16. Now here's the thing and why it relates to building a self-awareness as a senior leader. Because I met with all of these kids last night. I had an hour and a half and I all I could go through, that's all the time we had was to do a dry run. I put their script in front of them because luckily they're all gonna say the same thing. <laughs> Every single one of them, if you're doing an open for the plaintiff, you say one thing. If you're doing an open for the defense, you say another thing. If you're doing a close for the plaintiff, you say one thing. A, pl- a close for the defense, you say another thing. So it's very simple as far as what the words are. They're written on a piece of paper. So you get these kids and they get this paper and some of them, they are stage ready. I could hand them the microphone today. They could walk up and they could land it and they would probably win based on how they present. Now that's the minority. 
most of them, this is the first time they've read it, and they struggle to understand some of the words, and that's okay too. But I think that's exactly how we show up as senior leaders. Some of us get how to support others, how to lift them up, what it truly means to be a senior leader, not a senior manager, not a senior task manager, but to truly be a senior leader. And it's just a little refining here and there because we get how to give feedback, we get how to receive feedback, we get how to listen, we get how to be that master communicator, we get how to stand for somebody else and be a loving interruption. And so just these little tweaks can really up-level that senior leader. And then there's the senior leader that maybe doesn't have that awareness yet and gets to develop that. And so they look like the kid that's reading the script for the very first time that's stumbling over the words. But it is amazing that with a little bit of direction and a little bit of coaching, how fast that these kids can pick up these scripts and really become phenomenal. And I think that's the same thing with our senior level leaders. I've seen it time and time again. When I have a senior leader that comes to me and maybe doesn't have those skills yet, once we can put the guardrails on and say, hey, here's the skills we're gonna learn, they can pick those up pretty quickly and apply them. And it's so fun to see. I was in a board meeting this past weekend and I facilitated it and got to be a part of it. I actually serve on the board as well. See what I mean about these volunteer commitments? I got a lot. <laughs> and, and you get to look at yours too. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you get to have the same amount as me because probably no one should have that level of volunteering. Mine's a little over the top in this moment and that's okay. But really my whole point is that it gives me opportunities to see how I get to play in this world and where the gaps are. And when I mean that, it means that that's my role as a senior level leader in this, in my family, in my work, in the world. I get to see where the gaps are and I get to fill them. Now, the biggest gap that I see right now in the business world and really how we lead is this space of understanding the self-awareness piece. Because once we understand the self-awareness, it drives into social awareness. Social awareness is about how everybody interacts with other people, but it starts with self. So we've got to be able to have those indicators outside of us and within us to know when things are working, when they're not working, and when we get to drive change when things are working, when things aren't working, and when we get to drive change. Because as a coach, as a leader, as a supporter to leaders, I can see things that are in the way. And when I say in the way, I mean between them being the best leader that they could be and where they are now. When I see things, that's, that's the first step. But if I'm working with a leader that's not responsive, then it doesn't work because I'm hitting up a wall. And so that's where we really, as being self-aware, we get to be able to receive feedback from others. Now I have a mentor and he says, hey, if somebody says to you, and I'm gonna say this word, I know I'm on radio, all that. If somebody says to you that you're an ass, say thank you. First time, say thank you. Now, if a second person says that you're an ass, say thank you. Does this mean that you are an ass? I, maybe, maybe not. We don't know at this point. But the third time, that someone different says to you, you're an ass. Hey, guess what? This is exactly what my mentor says. He says, buy a saddle, buy a saddle. Because if three different people are giving you the same piece of feedback from three different experiences, then it's time to hear that feedback and say, huh. Now it doesn't mean that that's how you are. It just means that some reason that you're showing up that way, something's not working for those people. 
Now it's not about saying, how do I not be an ass? It's saying, how do I figure out what it is that I'm doing or how I'm showing up that is translating for these people into, hey, that person's an ass. So some way, it could be that I have my pen and I'm clicking it up and down. And, then, and that is translated in those people's heads to, she does not care what anybody else thinks. That's annoying, so she's an ass. It could be that we were driving in on the interstate, they were in their car, I was in mine, and I consistently cut people off. If that's the case, they may say, she's an ass. So I get to figure out what behaviors I'm creating, I'm doing, that is triggering that feeling in them. And that is the definition of self-awareness. I've got to be open to hearing what it is that is bothering them. Now, I can guess or I can just ask. I could say to them, if somebody says, hey, Kathleen, guess what? I think you're an ass. I could say to them, thank you. Thank you for the feedback. Hey, would you mind sharing with me what it is that makes you think that? Now, the kind of person that would be able to say that has to be able to receive that feedback as neutral because mostly when, when, I, when I would hear that I'm an ass from somebody, I might be offended. I might be mad about it. I might spend so much of my time huffing and puffing that I have now missed the opportunity to hear what it is that I'm doing that's triggering that thought in them. And that's the golden opportunity because once I know what it is that's triggering it, I can choose to change it or I can choose not to. Maybe I just really enjoy cutting people off. Maybe it's how I get to all of my activities so that I can serve at those activities. And hey, you know what? If I'm not causing an accident, does it matter? Now, that is not my actual traffic belief. I have a 14-year-old that just got his permit. We do not praise cutting people off in traffic here in our house but I'm giving you that as an example to say that it's all choice. We live from a choice. There is no victim. No one's telling me that I gotta cut people off on the interstate. No one's telling me how many activities I should be involved in. My mom, may she rest in peace. She used to tell me how many activities I could be involved in. She was my volunteer coordinator. And I swear every time I say yes to something that's, that's big or a time commitment, it's like the lightning comes down from heaven, like strikes. So I know exactly how she feels about it. <laughs> I say that, I'm joking. Uh, and I put that in place for a period of time. I asked my mom to be that because she was that feedback to me, that external feedback source because I know my tendency would be to overcommit. And when I overcommit, it would cause stress for me, causes stress for me. And so I put that piece, that feedback loop in place so that in this case, my mom was my volunteer coordinator. And she would tell me, hey, Kathleen, I see you're starting to commit to a lot of different things. What's your priority? And so she would pull that back into check for me. And all it was, was an external feedback piece for me so that I could make choices based on what my goals are, based on what I want to create in my vision. Now, you've heard me talk on these shows before, if you've listened to my past ones, about how you've got to start from vision. You've got to know what your priorities are and where you're headed. But you can only get there if you're willing to listen to these external environment pieces to say, hey, look at these radar, look around you and figure out what it is that's working and what's not working. People want to follow people that are highly self-aware. But just think about that example I gave you. If somebody calls you an ass, 
What's happening when that happens? Do you get mad? Do you get frustrated? Or do you embrace that moment and say, thank you for the feedback? Thank you for the feedback. Can you tell me what it is that's making you think that? I'll give you an example. When I was facilitating this board meeting on Saturday, I gave an example of where I thought we got to head. Now, as the facilitator, this is kind of a tricky position because since I sit on this board, I got to play the, the position of being the facilitator, but I also got to have my opinion in there a bit. That's a tricky position to play, and I, I played it. Well, because I did that, it triggered in some people which role am I in. So if you're a facilitator, I recommend be clean. Don't have your opinion in there. But in this case, it was a little bit different. And one of the guys raises his hand, and in his mind, he, he was set, this is my experience, he was set on making me wrong. He wanted to prove that I was wrong. So for whatever reason, there was some payoff for him, but he wanted to, to prove that I was wrong. And so he, he worked really hard at that. He gave lots of feedback on why he didn't believe that what I, my opinion was correct. But the thing was, every time he gave the opinion, he did it in a way that would personally attack the opinion that I had. But the technique that I used was that the opinion is not me. My opinion is not who I am. It's just an opinion that I put out there. And so once I put the opinion out and it came out of my mouth, it was no longer mine. It was just, this is an opinion. He attempted to attack me instead of the opinion. And so every time that his attack came at me, I just put it back on the opinion. Instead of coming at me, I put it back on the opinion. Me, opinion, me, opinion. And so there's no way that it could stick onto me. It wasn't about me, it was about the opinion. And so he was not successful in landing his attack and proving me wrong. He could prove the opinion as not correct, according to him, but he couldn't prove me wrong. And it was really interesting to watch his frustration as he saw this happen. But I'm telling you that you can diffuse energy in a meeting. So if you're in a meeting, you're a senior level, you're leading a meeting and you can see the frustration levels rise, what's probably happening is there's a sense of personal attack happening. And because if you're, if you're self-aware and you use these techniques, you can actually diffuse off of personal attacks and, and really put them onto opinions or, or whatever, whatever it is that's being discussed. These are techniques that are really valuable. And it starts with self-awareness, starts with self-awareness. So we're going to go on a quick break. And when we get back, we are going to dig into some of the actual tools that you can use for self-awareness. How cool is this stuff? I mean, maybe I'm the only one that's excited, but this is really cool stuff because self-awareness is at the core of how we operate, of how we operate. There's so much feedback available to us that we just don't utilize. So that's the past and it's not going to happen again. You're listening to the Kathleen Reeson show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on inspired choices network. Talk to you just after this break. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? 
Inspire Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspire Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspirechoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reason Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Today's show is dedicated to building a self-awareness as a senior leader. And as we talked about in the last segment, it's really when you're building a self-awareness, it's one of the best things that you can do for yourself as a leader, but also as a senior leader, because as a senior leader, it's expected, and yet it's not taught. It's this isn't taught. You know, I went to, to a great college. I went to business school. This wasn't taught. I have my CPA license. Didn't learn it during that process. Uh, I ran a business. Didn't learn it during that process. Do you know where I learned this? I actually learned it during three years of intense emotional intelligence training. Because we, I think there's really a lot of confusion between leadership development and emotional intelligence. What's the difference? And I actually just uh, wrote an article for a book. Uh, it's a chapter of a book. I pulled it out separately. And it is the link between leadership development and emotional intelligence. And at the end of the day, uh, people that are emotionally intelligent actually make $1,432 more than people that aren't. And that's per uh per like $100,000. So it ends up being a, a, a significant price difference. The, the higher up in an organization you go, you can look at price differentials because of emotional intelligence. If you look at your really top tiered leaders, the ones that people want to follow, they have a high level of self-awareness. So this stuff is for real. And I have put myself through this exercise since May of this year. So for the past you know, like five months, six months. I'll do my own, do my own math there. Okay. So, so for the past six months of saying, if I were going to teach self-awareness, what would the, the top, top principles that I would want senior level leaders to know about this? And there's actually 10 of them. And we're going to talk about four today because I think four directly relate to this exact conversation. The other six are, are very important, but they, they don't, they're not as relevant to awareness. They are they relate, relate to social awareness and some of the other different types of awareness as well. So that's why we're covering these. And if this is something that you're interested in and you want to know more about, I'm actually going to launch in 2023 a mastermind. It's, a, it's a, supposed to be a small group, 15 to 20 people max, but it's senior level leaders. So you either are a senior level leader or you are in line to be a senior level leader. <coughs> Excuse me. So 15 to 20 people that either are senior level leaders or in line to be senior level leaders so you have leadership responsibilities with other people, and you also have P&L responsibilities. So if that's the dynamic that you're in, we're going to study each of these principles for an entire year. There's actually four in-person experiences as well. It's going to be really cool. I'm so excited. One of my favorite things that I have been up to over the last probably five years professionally. So there's a book that's rolling out that goes with all these. There's separate chapters on each of the 10 principles. But we're going to talk about four of them today. And the first one we've we've 
talked a little bit about already, and it's feedback. Feedback. The opportunity here is that we get to change our relationship with feedback. Because as I mentioned in our earlier segment, what typically happens with feedback is when we get it originally, and let's be let's be clear here, everything is feedback. Okay, everything. We put these words on it and say positive feedback or negative feedback, good feedback, bad feedback, right feedback, wrong feedback. That is all just projecting of beliefs. Feedback is feedback. If I say, hey, I've got some good feedback and some bad feedback, all I'm doing is projecting my belief on how I think you're going to think about my feedback. So if you say to me, Kathleen, I've got some bad feedback for you. And I say, okay, hit me up. And you say, Kathleen, when you talk, it makes me want to vomit. Now, normally <laughs> in, in the world, if we went out and said that, that might be construed as bad. But if you change your relationship with feedback and you said to me, Kathleen, when you talk, it makes me want to vomit, I'd be like, fascinating. Okay, tell me more. Because I've never heard that piece of feedback before. I've heard lots of feedback, but I've never heard that particular one. So I'd really be interested to hear what you believe it is that makes you want to vomit. What is it that bothers you that causes that kind of visceral reaction? Because that's a pretty extreme reaction. So tell me more about this. So it's not bad feedback to me. It's just feedback. Now, before I really studied this and up-leveled in my self-awareness, I ran this online show. So this was probably early 2018, mid-2018, something like that. I ran this online show, and it was for 21 days with 21 different interviews, and it was free. So no price attached to it. And this lady, she signs up for it, but she doesn't watch any of the interviews. Now, at the end of the 21 days, I sent out a note to everybody that had signed up, and I said, hey, if you didn't catch any of the shows, I'm going to give you an option to watch them for two days. So you, for the next 48 hours, you can listen to any of the interviews. You could, It was recorded audio or video. You can listen or watch however you want for the next 48 hours, any interviews you want. This lady, she sends me a scathing email. It's like, I can't believe that you would record 21 interviews and expect me to watch them in 48 hours. This is so, I can't remember all the words she said, but she sent this note that may have been construed as negative feedback to me. At the time, it was construed as negative feedback. I was mad about it. Why would she send this to me? She hadn't watched any of the interviews, and now all of a sudden she's mad because she only has 48 hours? She didn't pay anything for it. I mean, that was my response when I first heard her email. I read this email. So this is that was my lower level of self-awareness at the time. Now I see that as, okay, so here's this lady. Clearly she saw some kind of value in the content. She doesn't necessarily have the urgency to be able to move forward with watching these. Something's in the way for her. So is she in my audience? Okay, that's the first question I got to ask myself. Is she in my audience? Well, if she's not moving quickly, so she has 21 days, watches zero, then she has 48 hours and chooses nothing. Okay, really what's in her way is urgency. Okay, so if that's not her value, then she's probably not a client for me. And okay, I get to thank her for the feedback and move on, but not get hung up in that. So today I can stand from this place and say, hmm, okay, got it. It is not about her, her feedback. I get to change my relationship with her feedback because I could have considered that bad. I did a few years ago, but today I hear feedback. Okay, cool. So here's this lady. 
and clearly she sees some kind of value, but she doesn't have the urgency necessarily. So do I want to serve her? Mm, okay, no, she's not in the target audience, then cool. Or I could say, okay, I hear what she's saying and I do want to serve her. I do want to support her. And I could say to her, well, what timeline does make sense? Two weeks? Okay, cool. I'll extend it from 48 hours to two weeks for you. But what I'm not going to do is give her unlimited time because somebody that's got a gap in urgency, unlimited time isn't going to serve them. And I know that my audience, they're not fence sitters. I do not want to attract fence sitters. Now, what do I mean by fence sitters? I mean, fence sitters are the people that are always not yes or not no. They're just the maybes right in the middle. And so they don't really have urgency to hop off the fence on one side or the other. And quite frankly, I don't care what side of the fence they hop off. What I care is that they hop off the fence because sitting on the top of the fence does not serve anyone. It's painful and it's wobbly and it's, it's not a place to work. It's not a place to live. It's just not a place to be. So we get to be on one side or the other. It's a really powerful place. And so when we know that, we can hear feedback and not, not receive it as if it's an attack. Remember the example I gave you with the board meeting that I was facilitating and this guy was coming at what it felt like was coming at me and I kept pushing it off of me and putting it onto the opinion. The opinion came out of me, yes, but it wasn't about me. I don't own that opinion. The opinion just exists on its own once it's birthed from my body. Once I say it, it exists outside of me. Now, when this man is attempting to attack me, really, he's attacking the opinion. And so this is what I'm talking about. We get to pull the feedback off of us because it's not really it's not it really meant for us. It's really meant for the opinion and we get to move it through. Okay, now the difference in this is not letting it be your own. So when you're self-aware and you change your relationship with feedback, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. It doesn't matter what anyone else says. It doesn't even matter how anyone else labels what they tell you. Brace yourself, this is gonna be good news or brace yourself, this is gonna be bad news. It doesn't matter. That's all somebody else's opinion. It's like they licked the lollipop and then handed it to you and said, ooh, that's yummy, would you like a bite? No, I don't want you to pre-lick my lollipop. Just give me the lollipop. Now think about that for a second. Who would do that? Would anyone actually lick a lollipop and hand it to you and then tell you what they think about it beforehand? Well, if you have those people in your life that do that, I mean, okay, cool. <laughs> baby, you know, mama birds do that for their baby birds. They pre-chew the food. But that's more of a digestive thing than a, I want to support you by telling you how this feels, how this, how this uh, tastes before you hop in. Now, you also see, and I'm at the age where I have kids that are just entering that teenage realm, and so think about from a movie's perspective. There are some type of content that I don't want my kids to learn, to watch yet. There's actually one particular, <laughs> I will share this with you, <laughs> it'll tell you a lot about me. Uh, there's, so my youngest, the one that's turning 10, he's very ornery, uh, coolest kid, but but super ornery. And we call him the honey badger. And if any of you have ever watched the honey badger video on YouTube, you can Google it. But if you, if vulgarity like words uh, bother you, don't watch it. This one, yeah, when I was saying ass earlier, if that bothered you, don't watch the honey badger video. Uh, but this video talks all about how the honey badger just lives his life. He doesn't really care what anybody else thinks. He's just going to do what he wants. And that's, that's a great way to describe my 10-year-old. So... My 10-year-old, he, even though he's, well, he's got to be 10, 
even though he's going to be 10, he still doesn't get to watch some movies that are even PG, like super violent movies. And it's not because he can't handle the the words or the imagery or all that. It's because that type of action and, and that fast paced, he viscerally reacts to that. And so we t- what we see is when he when he consumes that kind of material, he tends to be a little bit more agitated or uh, hyper. <laughs> he just it really kicks him into a different space. And so we as his parents kind of monitor that. Now, is that us projecting our beliefs onto him? 100%. But in the parenting game, you know, we're his parents and we are attempting to mold him. So we do guide what he does and doesn't watch as far as content versus our 14 year old. Well, he does get to see a little bit more of that content or our even our soon to be 12 year old, he gets to consume some of that content as well. So it's okay to have some kind of parameters around there, but it's being aware of what we want. Remember when I said it starts with vision? You get to think about my job as a parent or as a senior leader or whatever your role is, is to be uh, super clear on on what you wanna create. Like for parenting, I wanna create kids that are kind and supportive and uh, thoughtful and have big hearts. So watching these violent shows, if we're going to echo some of that, that, that's not necessarily in alignment. And so we make decisions from that perspective. So I'm going to take that feedback that I see when my son watches violent shows, he tends to be a little bit more hyperactive. I'm going to see that feedback and I'm going to make decisions from that perspective. I'm not going to be mad about it, but I am going to make decisions from that perspective. Tie this back into how it works at work. Okay, so if you've got team members around you and you're seeing actions based on different trigger points, it's not your job to be mad about the actions. It's your job to understand what trigger points cause that because most people can't drill down to that level because that takes an incredible level of awareness. So your job is to drill down to that level. It's to say, if here's what I'm seeing, what's really causing that? What is the trigger that's causing that behavior? Because when we can understand that, then you can change the trigger. Hey, don't worry about the action, change the trigger. It takes a lot of awareness to be able to look at the feedback because everything's feedback and say, what? I don't like this action. That action's not supportive or I like this action. You wanna drill down to the trigger because if it's something that you like, create more of it. If it's something that you don't like, create less of it. Okay, that's our job as senior leaders whether that's in your home or at work. I use the exact same principles at home and at work. In fact, just this weekend, I had somebody say to me, I use these same principles that I use to coach senior leaders. He said, hey, I got a question for you about my wife. And we had this conversation. Now, what we talked about was irrelevant, but he walked away saying, you should be our marriage therapist. No, I'm not gonna be a marriage therapist. That is not my calling in life. And I deeply appreciate the people that can do that. Not my calling in life. But what I'm telling you about is these principles that we're talking about, having deep awareness works everywhere in your life, at work, at home, with your kids, with your spouse, with your partner, with your friends. They're all the same. It's not conditional to work. It's not conditional to kids. These principles are the same. Once you increase your level of awareness, you'll use it everywhere. How cool is that? All right, we're going to go on a quick break. And when we get back, we'll dig in to one of the other principles that we're covering as we think about building a self-awareness. You're listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show here on the Inspired Choices Network. Talk to you in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, 
conferences and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reason Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reason Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. And today we've been talking all about building a self-awareness as a senior leader. And it truly is one of the most important things that you can do as a senior leader, but it's not something that's really taught in our traditional curriculum. It's unless you seek out some kind of special leadership development rooted in emotional intelligence, you are not going to practice this. Maybe you have a mentor that teaches you this. Maybe you've got uh, osmosis. <laughs> you've learned it from someone around you. Otherwise, uh, self-awareness is something that most senior leaders lack. And this is actually, in, in my opinion, one of the scariest things uh, that's facing leadership today. It's one of the things that will take our companies down the fastest is when we don't have awareness at the senior leadership level. So we talked about feedback and the importance of that, but really piggybacking on that is listening. So when we talk, we actually talk at a pretty high level, but our words have tons of meaning behind them and underneath them. So the words are just what we partner up with our true meaning and feeling. Have you ever talked with somebody who you just know is angry, but you ask them, how are you? And they say, I'm fine. I mean, you know they're not fine, and so even though the words say I'm fine, the meaning underneath them is like, I'm totally not fine. Something big is going on. I mean, you talk to kids, this happens all the time because they just aren't sure how to regulate their emotion. And so it stops their productivity. It, it actually stops them in their tracks. This is no different with adults. We work really hard as adults to bury our thoughts and feelings. We've been told that from eight to five or whatever working hours are these days, that that's about work and we put our home life separate. Well, that that was the theory for a really long time. But then you know, COVID happens and everything got all mixed up. And now we don't have these boundaries anymore, especially in these hybrid environments where sometimes we are still in our house. You know how hard it is to separate home issues when you're at home? I mean, that gets to be a really big challenge because we used to have physical walls of an office that made it an easy place to delineate these are our outside world problems and these are our inside world problems. These are our home problems, but we stepped through the door and now we're at work. So we're going to set those aside. It's just not the case anymore. And so it's all become this amoeba modge podge. And that's why we're seeing the emotional, the, the, the symptoms. So our anxiety levels, depression levels, uh, just overall ability to cope, our, our sleeping, all of that are just off the charts challenge right now. So if you talk to anybody that's in e, e, uh, HR, so insurance levels right now, most companies are reviewing their, their 
benefits policies for what they're going to be for 2023. These are all questions that they're asking themselves. They can't see by individual who's got what healthcare needs, but they can see as a collective for the company. So they can see X amount of people have uh, mental health issues, X amount of people have cancer treatments, X amount of people have obesity, whatever that is, those all get ranked within the company so they can see their top health issues. And I, believe me, like this is, if you're not having these conversations in your company, someone else is if you've got a health care plan through your company. And why this is so important is because a lot of these triggers are really impacted by how we lead from a senior level leadership perspective. And it, it sometimes can see, like I can give you the really easy statistics on engagement and turnover and retention, all that stuff, because we're, we have a higher level of awareness, those are easier to draw the connections, but you actually can draw the connection to a lot of the symptoms that you're seeing in the health insurance charts that can actually relate to the connectivity and, and the, really the culture that we're setting as far as how we lead our employees, how we show up as senior leaders. So it's really important that we understand this. Now listening, so if we talk at one level, but we have meaning beneath it, your job as a senior leader is to be aware, so remember building this awareness of the music beneath the words. So when somebody says, I'm fine, and you know they're not fine, it's not attacking the words, it's seeking a deeper understanding of what's happening underneath and really, really being curious. So not coming from a judgment space. One of the biggest challenges that I see in senior leadership is that we get there because we have driven forward, we've created a lot of results, which is wonderful, but it's actually not that that's gonna carry us forward in senior leadership. Because once you hit senior leadership, it's no longer about how we play I, it's about how we truly play team. So if you go from, from really being number one to now I've got to lead a team and I don't even have a number, that can be a really big challenge for a lot of people. And that's how they end up in front of me and they say, but Kathleen, they, I'm not really sure how I went from leading uh, or, or being really in control and I was number one to now I've got this team to lead and I'm using some of these same tactics, but they just don't want to move forward. They, I give them assignments, but they don't want to do them. And I don't know how to motivate them. These are some of the conversations. And so it's truly about listening to what's underneath the words and even to listening what's not being said. It's when you start to listen from a, a truly awareness standpoint, you're going to hear these gaps in how people speak. And sometimes what you won't, it, it's, it's the flip and the reverse. This is why we practice this over a whole year. So 2023 is going to be so fun. We're actually going to practice a lot of this because when I'm speaking it to you, you're like, Kathleen, you're saying, listen for the gap or listen for the gaps, but then listen when there's not gaps. That's confusing. Yes. That's why we practice this. But sometimes some people speak so fast that they fill the gaps. There are no gaps. And when that happens, typically there's a, there's a reason that's underneath that. I worked with a, a client who spoke so much and filled these gaps so frequently that it sounded like she was gasping for air. It would sound like, okay, so Kathleen, we've got this, <gasps> this is coming on and this is happening and this is, and I'm so excited. <gasps> And it went on like that. I mean, I talked with her for weeks and finally I paused her and I said, do you feel that gasping for air? And she didn't, she, her brain didn't even recognize it. 
And so when we walked through it and I paused her when she gasped for air, she realized her body really wasn't even getting a full oxygen load because she developed this habit. And what was happening was she was speeding up to eliminate those pauses. Because when you put pause in there, that's where anxiety jumps in and our brain can take over from a from an unhealthy perspective in the in somebody that has this this kind of pattern it would be considered unhealthy and so when that happens you've got to actually train your brain to to work in a different way and create these intentional pauses and there's a safety component too and so as a leader we're not judging the gas we're not mad that it's happening we actually get to be that loving interruption to say hey I hear that this, I'm really want to make sure that you hear this too. What ended up happening, this person, she was actually a speech pathologist, which was one of the most beautiful, beautiful roles that she could have because as soon as she heard it, she knew how to correct it because this is what she does for her patients all the time. She knew how to correct the pause. She, she knew how to put a pause in, how to give herself the training to be able to fix that, but she didn't know that it was happening because our brain fools us in that way. It protects us. Now that sounds kind of wonky, I get that, but it's really important. So listening as a senior leader, listening to what people are saying and what they're not saying, and then being a loving interruption. Now let's talk more about that because from an awareness perspective, you can be aware of what's happening around you, but the challenge is, are you willing to interrupt something in someone else? Now I had somebody say to me the other day, they said, Kathleen, what do you think about uh, the forceful leaders. So she was referring to the typical, uh, I'll say typical, I don't think there's really anything typical in leadership, but just for sake of conversation, the like macho leader that leads through force. So they say, this is how it's gonna be and we're gonna move forward in this way and so make it happen. So you've got that leader versus a softer leader who's more loving, who shows up uh, as, kumbaya type i want this team to work together and we're going to have a great time and so you've got these two very different leaders and she says to me kathleen do you think that second type of leader can be effective and i looked her in the face and i said well which one do you think you are because obviously this is a loaded question she had she'd gotten some feedback that her style was the second one and that she could not be effective as a second style so well not about being a loving leader or being a forceful leader. It's about when you see something that's not working in somebody else, do you recognize the style that they need in order to get through whatever they're getting through? So if you see somebody in front of you that's got something that's happening that's not working for them, like the gasping of the breath, what? how do they need you to show up to interrupt that for them? Now, if that person needs you to show up as that forceful leader and you naturally show up as that, that quieter, softer leader, can you shift into being that forceful leader so that you can be effective for them? And if the answer is yes, then it really doesn't matter what leader you naturally are because your job is to show up however the person in front of you needs you. Now, if you show up as that softer leader and everyone around you needs that softer leader, then cool. But if you cannot make that shift into what the person in front of you needs, then yeah, that's, that's ineffective. But it has nothing to do with the style that you start with, the softer style or the more forceful style. It has to do with your ability to shift into another leadership style because somebody else needs you that way. Do you hear that difference? You, as the senior leader, get to show up how somebody 
else needs you to. And that's what determines effective leadership styles. There is no right or wrong one singular way to lead. I can't tell you today, forceful is the way to go or soft kumbaya is the way to go. It's not about that. It's about saying that every person around you requires a little bit different leadership style. And can you recognize through your own self-awareness, through feedback, through listening, can you recognize what they need and shift into that for them to be effective? Because when you can do that, you are now labeled as a master communicator. Yay, sounds like a really big title. And that's the whole point. When you're a master communicator, you are shifting into how somebody else needs you to show up for them. So you may have your own natural style and that's great. It may work for some people, cool, but it may not work for everyone. In fact, it will not work for everyone. And so when you can show up how they need you to, because you're self-aware and you can realize what it is that they need from you, you are not judging them, you are showing up for them. When that happens, you are a true senior leader. So I invite you into this. I mean, are you ready for this? Are you taking on this responsibility? Are you being the senior leader that you have been assigned? Because this is what it means to be a senior leader. And I often think that we believe that senior leadership is very different than, than what it really is. Senior leadership is, is truly understanding what your team needs from you, what they need you to be, so that you can show up that way and you can create results and change and influence, whatever you need to do. But you do it from what they need, not what you want or what you need, but from what they need. Let that sink in. We're gonna go on a quick break and when we get back, we'll wrap all of this up. Talk to you in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. And today we've been talking all about building self-awareness as a senior leader. Now, we've talked about why it's so important to build awareness for yourself, because it's not about you. Once you get to a senior leader level, it's not about you. It actually was never about you, but we create this false pretense that it's all it's about us until we get to a senior leader level. It isn't, once you get to senior leader, it's not about you. It's about your team and how you can affect change. That is the very definition of senior leadership versus just playing the game. And so we get to think about other people and how we get to evoke change in them, how we get to lead them, which means we've got to be aware of what's working and what's working for us and what's going to work and not work for them. A lot of times that's just hypothesis, practicing and testing using our feedback skills that we talked about today, using our listening skills and practicing them, being a loving interruption and really becoming that master communicator. Now, this is not stuff that happens overnight. It's something that requires an immense amount of practice. If you want to practice and you're ready, I invite you, come talk to me about being in this 12-month program. It's going to be really cool. I'm super excited about it. We're going to study the 10 principles. We only really talked about four today, the feedback, the listening, the master communicator, being a loving interruption, but there's actually six more. Yay. 
So you can reach out to me if this is something that you're interested in. Again, we're only putting 15 to 20 people in this group. So we're very small. It's going to fill up fast. So I haven't even actually launched this yet, but uh, I will launch this here in the next week. So if you're hearing this and this is something that you're interested in, let me know. Give me a shout out. My email is Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. You can also go to my website, KathleenReason.com. And very shortly, probably by the time that you can go to the website, it'll have the information on the website about this program. So it's going to be really exciting. One of my favorite things that I have been up to over the last five years. So come and play with me. I invite you. It's going to be super exciting. Now, next week, something else that's pretty exciting. Leadership Horror Stories Halloween Edition. So next week is Halloween here in the United States, and we are going to cover leadership horror stories. We get to really embrace and have fun with all of these challenges that we've all faced. We've all had the bad boss. Maybe we've been the bad boss. We've all got these weird stories. And so I am creating a place to capture those right now. Just send them to me, Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. If you have a leadership horror story that you want to share. Now, we'll do this in confidence. So I'm not going to say, hey, Janie Smith was talking about her bonds, Jeff, her boss, Jeff Jones, and here's the story that happened at this company. No, no, no. I don't want to get you fired. <laughs> but I do want to highlight so that we can all understand these crazy things that happen in our world as leaders, because some days it can be fun and some days it can be really challenging and when we can laugh about what we all go through and we can have this common uh, <laughs> common what what should i even call it common awareness that we're not alone uh, in all of this then I, I think that's really powerful so definitely send me your leadership horror stories so you've got two pieces of homework today all right first of all leadership horror stories if you've got any stories send them over to me it can be it doesn't have to be really long it can be really quick but my email, Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. The deadline for that is uh, by, oh, I got to look at the actual calendar, by October 29th, okay? So you might be listening to this. Just send them over by email, Kathleen at KathleenReason.com by October 29th, and I will feature your story. Otherwise, just tune in. So that's homework number one. Homework number two, we are talking about building self-awareness as a senior leader. It's a huge part of our 12-month curriculum that's going to launch in January of 2023. If you're interested in practicing these 12 or these 10 principles over a 12-month period, we're going to have in-person experiences, we'll have virtual experiences, you'll have coaching, I and mean, it's going to be a lot of fun, then let me know. Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. You can actually go to the website, KathleenReason.com. See how easy I've made this? It's all my name. But you can go learn about it. It's a leadership growth accelerator. So this is for soon-to-be senior leaders or current senior leaders who are leading people and have responsibility over the P&L. If that's you and you want to dig in to these 10 distinctions, then send me a note. There's going to be 15 to 20 spots, so it's going to fill up fast. So that's your second piece of homework. Send me a note. So you have two things you can send me a note on, the leadership horror stories. And the second one is if you have any interest whatsoever in studying these 10 distinctions, because that's going to fill up fast and it's going to be so much fun. And it's going to be uncomfortable. I mean, let's be honest. It's going to be really, we're going to study these and to learn feedback and really understand what's working and what's not working in your leadership. There just aren't a lot of places that you can learn that. But believe me, you're going to have the full force of Kathleen and the rest of the team offering you feedback in such a neutral and loving way that you can see exactly what's working and what's not working and how you're showing up. What an opportunity. 
Now, I know that that can be uncomfortable, but I also see in you what's possible. And I see where you can be headed. And, and if you just tweak a few things, how you can soar. And if that's something that you're interested in, then let's talk because that's where I'm up to playing and I know it's where you get to play. So we have building a self-awareness as a senior leader today. Okay, that's been the topic of today. I want you to think about how do you receive feedback? When somebody tells you you're an ass, back to the beginning of the conversation, do you buy a saddle? Do you get mad? Do you ask them for more details on why they feel that way? The opportunity here is for you to change your relationship with feedback. Do you listen to not just what's being said, but to what's not being said, to the music underneath the words? When somebody says, I'm fine, are you curious or are you in judgment? You walk away thinking, Ooh, something's up with that person. How do you react? How do you listen? Are you a master communicator? Do you show up how somebody else needs you to show up? Do you shift in your leadership style to reflect what somebody else needs? Not what you want, not what's natural for you, but for what they want and need. Can you drive results through that shift? Can you show up for them how they need to and stay long enough to drive the results? And can you be a loving interruption to what's not working? Can you deliver feedback to someone in a way that they say, thank you, thank you. Thank you for being a stand for me. Thank you for seeing me even when I don't wanna be seen. Thank you for being there for me in my messy. Because really that's what our employees want. They want you to be there with them side by side. And even when you're not physically present with them, they want you there. That's the beauty of really understanding what senior leadership means. It's not about you anymore. It's about how you play team. So this is what we're studying over the next year, 2023. Hit me up if you want to learn more. This is going to be the best year yet. I don't know if you're feeling it, but I'm feeling really pumped about 2023. This is going to be awesome. Not just because I have this really cool program launching, but because it just feels like the, we're getting to a really good spot you know, COVID's kind of in that, that rear view mirror. Even Canada opened up the borders. I mean, this is exciting. So we got lots of great stuff happening. And I invite you into whatever your next level is. If it's really up, up in your senior leadership level, come play with me. But most importantly, stay tuned for each week. We have great shows just like this. Leadership Horror Stories next week. And we got lots of great shows coming up after that. So thank you so much for joining here on the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Have a great week.